so good to be in the house of the Lord together tonight. Amen. Let's stand and give God some praise.
be the name of the Lord. Good to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say amen. 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 If you have a need in your life, why don't you lift up your hand right now and represent that need all across this house. Hallelujah. All together now, take your time. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your voices. Come on, let's call upon the name of the Lord together. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, God, we pray for every need that's gathered here tonight. Lord, that you'd touch, that you'd minister, that you'd strengthen, that you'd make a way where there seemeth to be no way, God. Hallelujah, we lean on you, Lord. We lean on you, Lord. We lean on you, Lord. Touch right now, strengthen right now, minister right now, God. Hallelujah, we want to be more like you. We want to be closer to you, Lord. We need you, God. We need you, God. Have your way. Have your way tonight. Have your way tonight. Have your way, Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done. Could you just lift your hands all across this house right now? Lift your hands and worship him together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glorious, powerful, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good. Good to feel the touch of the Lord. Why don't you turn to two or three right now and smile at them, shake hands with them, give them a high five, a fist bump. Tell somebody you're glad to see them. Come on, if we're going to be friendly, we got to move out from where we are. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thankful for two being baptized in Jesus' name this past Sunday. Could we put our hands together and clap to the Lord? Hallelujah. Thankful for the touch of the Lord. Hallelujah. He'll continue to bless. He'll continue to strengthen us. Continue to pour out his spirit upon all, upon all flesh. Just as a reminder, this Sunday morning, 9 a.m. as well as 11 a.m., 9 a.m. as well as 11 a.m. The 11 a.m. service will have the junior high class also with us this Sunday in both services. Brother Jonathan Dean will be leading worship. Again, Jonathan Dean will be leading worship in both the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. service this Sunday. So get here, get ready to worship, ready to see the Lord bless and pour out his spirit and do something marvelous in this house. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then tonight, we're glad to see each one of you, and we're glad that you're here. 
Hallelujah. And we're going we're gonna to reach out to the Lord. We're going to let the Lord have his way and do what he wants to do in the house tonight. We're so glad to have, for the very first time, the very first time by way of, of, of California originally and now in the Houston area for the last couple of years and, and uh, traveling and, and, and full-time evangelist and, and Brother Tyler Sullivan. Why don't we stand back to our feet right now? He's getting ready to come. And, uh, you're in for a treat tonight. Let's open up our hearts, open up our hearts, and allow God to speak to us and allow God to minister in this house tonight. Would you do that? Wave at me right now if you do that. All right, all right. Come. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. What a privilege and an honor it is to be here at a Christian Life Church for the first time. Give honor to Pastor Turnbow. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here, sir. I do consider it a privilege and an honor. And uh, I've heard the, this church spoken so highly of by several friends and your pastor. And so I'm so honored to meet him tonight and look forward to getting to know all of you. And I'm, by nature, I'm an old soul and I like the old songs. I love singing the old songs. And um, I just had this one on my mind earlier today. Y'all know it. The blood that Jesus shed for me. me strength from day 
chapter 11, beginning reading in verse number 1. Once again, what a privilege and honor it is to be here. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. John chapter 11, verse number 1. A very familiar story. It reads, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'll simply preach on the subject, when you can't find God, when you can't find God, Jesus, I love you. I'm grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for your mercy and your grace. I ask you that you would help us tonight. I ask that your spirit will do what we cannot we need your grace tonight. We need your help tonight. I pray that nobody would leave this place the same way that they came and that you would do what only you can do tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The story from which we are taking our passage tonight is only recorded in the Gospel of John. The other Gospels don't paint this portion and this picture of the life of Jesus. It's right before the Pharisees begin their plot to kill Jesus and right after he has told his disciples and his followers that you should know that the Father is in me and I in him. Essentially reaffirming to them again the revelation that there are not three in the Godhead but that he was God manifest in the flesh. How many are thankful you know who you serve tonight? Amen. Amen. And, and they're angry at him. He's told them, I am God. And they try and take a hold of him, and he escapes their grasp. And the next thing we read in the book of John is the beginning of the story of Lazarus. The setting for this story is in Bethany, where his dear friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus live. And Jesus frequented this house because the Bible says that he loved them. 
It was Mary who had anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And we read about Jesus coming to this house before when he had rebuked Martha and told her, Martha, you worry too much. You're concerned with too much. Mary has found the good part. I'm going to want to find the good part tonight. Amen. And I guess if you've been rebuked by Jesus and he still loves coming to your house, then he must really like you. And and he did. He had a special relationship with them, so much so that when Lazarus falls ill, Mary and Martha send word to Jesus telling him, Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And Jesus receives this word and immediately speaks a powerful word of faith and says, this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Praise God. Don't you love when God speaks something and says it's going to be all right? Amen. God is still speaking in the day in which we're living. He's still speaking. He's still got a voice. And, and we all know what it's like when we get the word we've been waiting for. Jesus said it's going to be all right. Pastor said it's going to be all right. Help is on the way. Maybe you came needing a word tonight, but in the day in which we're living, let me remind you again, Jesus is still speaking. Amen. Amen. But then when Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, and after he speaks this powerful word, he does something opposite of what we would expect. The Bible doesn't say that he rushed to Bethany. It doesn't say that he dropped everything else he was doing and said, let's go, disciples. He didn't get into a rush to go to where the problem and the issue was. But instead, after he's received the news, the Bible says that he speaks the word of faith and abides two days in the same place. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Lazarus, the one you love, is deathly sick. And you just said this sickness isn't for death, but it's for the glory of God. And now you're just sitting here playing checkers with your disciples and abiding. He didn't make it rush to Bethany to perform a miracle. He didn't make it a priority to get to where the issue was. He simply stays where he is and abides there for two days. He stays. He, he doesn't move, but his priority at that moment was to simply abide. And sometimes abiding may not seem like a needed or a desired priority, Especially when it seems like everything's going wrong. Especially when it seems like everything around you is in turmoil. And when the world around you is crazy and you find yourself asking the question, where is God? Matthew 13, 24, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tare. The man had sown good seed in his field, but when he slept, the enemy came in and began to sow weeds among the wheat, so that when the wheat came up, so did the weeds. And the servants come to him and say, do you want us to go pull the weeds out of the field? And the master tells him, no, leave them alone, because if you go out and pull up the weeds, you're also going to pull up the wheat. But wait till harvest time comes, then go out and begin to pull them both up and gather the wheat together and go put it in my barn and then gather the weeds together and go burn them. But if you go out and pull everything up now, you're going to mess the whole harvest up. So leave it alone and abide and at the end there's going to be a harvest. 
But as people, our flesh often wants to rush in and fix the issue and do it our way instead of standing still and knowing he is God. And that's where we get into trouble and mess everything up most of the time. Because most of the time, his priorities are not our priorities. And our ways are not his ways. And all thoughts aren't his thoughts. Jesus is saying, wait a second, but your flesh is saying go. Jesus is saying, hold on just a minute, but your flesh is saying move. One of the hardest things the children of Israel had to do in the Old Testament was to march around the city of Jericho every day without saying a word or without shooting an arrow, without throwing a spear. you got to understand, their, their orders are just to march, but they have just crossed over, and the first thing standing in their way is this monstrosity of a city called Jericho. They're in the land now that they've heard about for so long. They're in the land. They're going to have wells they didn't dig, houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant. They're finally crossing over into the promised land. And now the first thing in their way is Jericho. And in their mind, they're thinking, oh, we're going to take this place down. We've been promised this land for so long. We are sick and tired of waiting for it. And there's no city that's going to stand in our way. And we're going to take this place down. But then God steps in. No, your orders are just to march. Aren't we supposed to be fighting? Aren't we supposed to be conquering? Aren't we supposed to be winning? No. God is teaching that in order to conquer your adversary, you first got to conquer yourself or else you're going to wind up doing something crazy and end up dead on a battlefield. The battle at Jericho is more about defeating the Israelites' ego than it was conquering the promised land. And God is teaching them that if you're going to conquer the promised land, you're going to do it my way. You, you think you're a miracle ought to come like this. You think your breakthrough ought to come like this. You, you think that your, 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 your moment ought to happen in this time frame. But I'm teaching you, I'm going to win this battle my way. I, I had the opportunity to go to France a few years ago, and, and, and I learned some things in France. They don't eat like we eat here. When you go to sit down to dinner in France, you sit down to dinner. And 30 minutes later, they bring you your appetizer. And 30 minutes later, they bring you the main course. And 30 minutes later, they bring you the dessert. And 30 minutes later, it's time to go. By, by, by nature, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a recluse. And you, you just run out of things to talk about over a two-and-a-half-hour meal. <laughs> My, my idea of dinner is going through Taco Bell and getting 10 tacos and eating five on the way home and throwing the wrappers on the floor and just eating the other five when I get home. That's my idea of dinner. But I had to learn in France, you just sit there and, abide, and you run out of things to talk about. Can I get an amen from somebody? You can only talk about the weather for so long. You can only talk about how good somebody looks for so long until you have to start lying about stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I just had to sit there, Pastor, and I had to learn to abide over dinner. And Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, and abiding is a priority at that moment. And meanwhile, everybody back in Bethany is asking, where is God? we got to remember that with God, nothing just happens. But rather, all things are working together for good. 
to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. The phrase work together that Paul uses here means to cooperate or come together when it's about his purpose. You got to remember that he's forming you and he's molding you. But oftentimes, because of our impatience, we get our priorities mixed up and we try to get to Bethany to fix the problem in the middle of the molding process. We want to control everything. We want to fix everything. When perhaps the Lord just wants us to abide so at the end of the day, He can get the glory for everything we're going through. There will be a resurrection at the end of the day. But by definition, the only way a resurrection can take place is something first has to die. How can God intervene and fix the issue if we keep trying to resurrect it? The reality is we sometimes refuse to let things die that are supposed to die. All because our human nature is to try and control things. We fear the unknown. We get our priorities mixed up. And we try to keep things alive that are supposed to pass on. We try to keep relationships alive. We try to keep thoughts alive. We try to keep dreams alive. When God is saying, let it die. And this leaves us worn out, tired, emotionally drained, and frustrated, trying to breathe life into bones that only the Spirit can resurrect. And God is nowhere to be found, and He's not answering. And we think that because we don't have an immediate answer, that automatically gives us the right to go out and build a golden calf. And in times of distraction when God is hidden on the mountain, don't try and substitute his silence. you got to learn to guard your spirit. you got to learn to guard your words. You've got to learn to guard your worship because sometimes God not answering is God answering. Because if God were to answer every one of your prayers right away, your faith would never be built to the place where it could be effective. enough to stay silent and so you can discover who you were meant to be and you could grow in understanding and you could grow in wisdom I'm so thankful God didn't answer the prayer that I prayed when I thought he should have answered thank God he loved me enough not to answer when I thought he should have answered I can always tell when somebody's about to make shipwreck because they'll start making quick decisions that make absolutely no sense while in the middle of a trial. And I'm thinking, don't do it. Please don't do it. You don't understand where you are, where you're at right now. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please. Come on. Don't. And they go ahead and do it. You, you don't understand. You're in a waiting game right now. You don't understand why you're going through Don't do it. And they do it and they find themselves where they don't want to be because in a moment when they couldn't find God, God, they thought that their will was greater than his. Jesus' priority wasn't to get to where Lazarus was to save the day. His priority was just to abide and let Lazarus die because he knew a resurrection was coming. 
And until some things die in our lives and we align our priorities with what God truly values, he can never do a completed work. We say to ourselves, I don't know why it happened. Maybe if I just do this, it'll fix it. I don't know why that person left. Maybe if I just go and try that, it'll fix it. I don't know why I'm walking through that. I don't know why the job didn't come through. I don't know why the house fell through. Maybe if I just keep trying to do this, everything will be all right. Stop trying to control things you don't understand and trying to resurrect things that only God can bring back to life in his own time. Sometimes you've just got to learn to abide. There's got to come a point where we take it out of our hands and we say, okay, God, I'm placing it in your hands now. Have questions about your life? Trust and abide. Wondering what your future is? Trust and abide. Asking why are some things taking place? You got to trust. You got to let, let, it, let it die. The longer I serve the Lord, the more I find out. Timing is everything with God. Timing is everything. But what are you doing in the meantime? Time passes and Jesus finally tells his disciples, hey, let's go to Judea again. And his disciples look at him like, you're crazy. Why would you want to go back to Judea? Do, do, do you not remember the last time we were there? You told them you weren't God and, and they looked at you and they tried to kill you, but you pulled that whole disappear into thin air thing and we had to run for don't you remember that why in the world would you want to go back why they want to kill you back there we our, we had to run you just disappeared why and there was only one there was only one that stood up in that moment and we know him by one moment when he doubted but doubting thomas he should have been called faithful thomas because when everybody else was doubting thomas was faithful and he stands up and he says hey i don't care where he's going if that's where he's going i'm gonna be there I don't care if I die, I die. But I'm going to be wherever God is. I don't care what happens to me. I just want to make sure I'm where he is. We got to pray that a spirit of Thomas get on the church in the day in which we're living. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's trying to say. But I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure I'm where he's at when he's moving. Come on, I want to do everything I can to make sure I get where he's at. Whatever you're doing this season, God, don't do it without me. Because if I can get where he is, I know healing's going to flow. If I can get where he is, I know deliverance is going to be there. If I can get where... If I can get where he is, I know God is going to be there. Let's go so we can die with him. Thomas was a bad dude. And they get to Bethany about two miles from Jerusalem. And they find out that Lazarus has already been dead four days. And Martha runs out of the house and comes to Jesus and said, Hey, few would have been here. <laughs> My brother would still be alive. Martha was pretty, that's pretty bold talking to Jesus. I wouldn't have done that. But Martha runs up. Read your Bible. If you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. And Jesus looks at her and says, your brother will rise again. 
Martha, thinking that he's talking about that final resurrection, says, I know that he's going to rise again with everybody else on that final day when all the graves give up the dead that are in them and the seas open wide and everybody goes up to meet him in the clouds of glory. I'm looking forward to heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to heaven. I love preaching on heaven. We don't hear enough preaching about it anymore, but I'm looking forward to dancing on streets of gold. I'm looking forward to meeting my Savior face to face. I'm looking forward to walking through the gates of pearl. I'm looking forward to casting my crown at his feet. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to it. And she says, I know he's going to rise again on that day. But Jesus looks at her and says, no, you don't understand. Hang on. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead yet, shall he live. And he asks Mary and Martha, where have you laid him? And and they take him to the cave of Lazarus, and Jesus begins to weep. And he, he begins to weep because of the lackluster amount of faith in his friends. He begins to weep because he's already told, I told you there's going to be a resurrection. He begins to weep because his friend is dead. And he tells him, okay, take the stone away. He tells him, you do what you can do so I can do what you can't. And in Pentecost, we've got this, we've got this cliche in our mentality. Well, if God really wanted us to have revival, he would really just give it to us. If God really wanted us to have breakthrough, he would really just give us breakthrough. If he really wanted us to have a move of the Spirit, he would just let it. No, no, no. And God is over there saying, come on, I just need somebody to do what you can do so that I can step in and do what you cannot do. Anybody have a need tonight? Anybody need God to move? Anybody need God to do something? Come on, I saw there were hands here earlier. We've all got needs and we've all got trials and we've all got tribulations. And God is over there saying, I want to do it. I just need somebody to do what you can do so I can step in and do what you cannot do. Come on, pastor can't do all of this by himself. It's going to take everybody stepping in and saying, hey, let's pray. Let's fast. Let's intercede. Let's get, come on, as a church, let's do what we can so God can step in and let the miraculous happen and do what we cannot. Come on, I dare somebody right now for the next 20 seconds. Just do what you can. I don't care if it's shouting, leaping. They just do what you can right now so that God can step into a service on a Thursday night and do what you cannot. Come on, he's waiting on somebody to pray again. He's waiting on somebody to glorify him again. He's waiting on somebody to get in touch with heaven. Do what you can so he can do what you cannot. Come on, I can't heal the blinded eye. I can't unstop the deaf ear. I can't raise somebody from the dead. But what I can do is I can get down on my knees and I can get in touch with the throne of heaven and I can say, God, I may not have much. I may not be able to do much. But what I can do, I'm going to do. I'm going to give it everything. You've got to do what you can so that God can do what you can. Come on.
Come on, for the next 15 seconds, just do it again. Do what you can right now. Come on, faith can arise on a Thursday night. Come on, faith can arise on a Thursday night. You can be healed in your body tonight. You can be delivered tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he tells him, take this stone away. Do what you can do so I can do what you can't. And Martha runs up to him. Martha's like the modern day Karen. And she runs up to him. But God, he, he don't you know he's been dead for four days? He, he stinks. And Jesus, Jesus just kind of rolls his eyes. Says, Martha, go stand. Go stand over there. Just, 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 just leave me alone for just a minute. And Jesus goes and he, they take the stone away and he cries out, Lazarus! come forth I believe all of hell heard him that day and I believe all of heaven heard him that day and he called out Lazarus come forth and the Bible says he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin and Jesus said to them loose him and let him go now Lazarus is living again because God and God alone has wrought a miracle. But why did he wait for four days? Because the people in that day believed that the soul remained with the body for three days after death. Even the pagans couldn't believe that God could not revive somebody who had been dead for more than three days. So by abiding until Lazarus has been dead four days, Jesus was demonstrating the power of his miracle. He was showing everybody that he was the resurrection. And he was the life. And when he says something breathes, something's got to breathe. And when he says something lives, something's got to live. And when he says something comes forth, something's got to come forth. So let me give a word to somebody here tonight. Don't you quit praying. Don't you quit fasting. Don't you quit believing. Don't you quit interceding. There is there is coming a fourth day when God and everything that he promised you is going to step on the scene and say, you thought it was too late. You thought he was too far gone. You thought he was too dead. But no, 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 no. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And if I made a promise, you better believe I'm going to answer it because my word is yea and amen and I cannot lie. Come on, there's a fourth day coming for somebody in this house. So don't you quit believing. Don't you quit shouting. Don't you quit giving. Don't you quit running. Don't you quit. Come on, I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming. I haven't experienced it yet, but I know there's a fourth day coming. I haven't seen what I want to see, but I know my faith is not built on anything else. It's built on him, and it's built on his word. And if he said it, that settles it. So mama, you keep on praying for that daughter. Daddy, you keep on praying for that son. Come on, grandma. You keep on praying for that grandchild. You keep on 
there's a fourth day coming when they're going to walk through the back doors and they're going to run down to an altar. They're going to throw their hands towards heaven and they're going to say, create in me. I wish somebody's faith would arise right now. I came to speak life into some death tonight. I came to speak life into somebody's situation. There's a fourth day coming. Come on, if you're waiting for me to say something else exciting, that's about all I've got. All I know is on the fourth day, Lazarus is getting back up and there is coming a fourth Come on, and I feel a little bit of boldness coming on me tonight. Let me serve a little bit of notice on hell. On the fourth day, we're going to baptize more people than we've ever baptized. On the fourth day, we're going to see more people receive the Holy Ghost than we've ever seen receive the Holy Come on. Come on, there's a fourth day coming for this church. When everything, pastor, that God has promised you and everything that, that God has said to you is going to come to pass. He cannot lie. Come on, we're going to see him pray through by the hundreds, by the thousands. I will not limit God. I know what he said, and I know what he promised. And there is, come on, I wish somebody would dance a little bit right now. I wish somebody would shout a little bit right now. Not because I've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But I know there's a fourth day coming. Don't quit worshiping. There's a fourth day coming. Don't quit. There's a fourth day. You know what I do when the devil tries to tell me, it's over, there's no hope, you're never going to make it. I just look at him and I say, No, there's a fourth day. There's a fourth day coming. There's a fourth day when I'm going to be healed. There's a fourth day when I'm going to be delivered. There's a fourth day when my kids are going to pray through. There's a fourth day when my mom and dad are going to pray through. There's a fourth day when I'm going to see everything come to pass. There's a fourth day. I wish you'd throw your hands towards heaven right now and just believe it for a minute. Come on. I feel faith in the building tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on. There is a fourth day. be weary in well-doing. There's a fourth day coming. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices because while we may be in the middle of the third day, yonder is breaking a new and glorious morn and the fourth day is beginning to dawn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe he's God on a Thursday night, just like he's God on Sunday. Come on, I said I believe he's God on Thursday night, just like he is on Sunday. So if I believed him for a miracle on Sunday, I'm going to believe him for it on Thursday. 
And somebody's fourth day is beginning to dawn tonight. This is where I'll end it. Stand with me if you, if you would. Luke chapter number two. Musicians, you can come. Now, verse number 41, if you're going to tell the story of Jesus. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. It's been their tradition. They did it every year. Jesus is 12 years old. And they go up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. It was their custom. They did it every year. They're so used to doing this. Jesus is 12. And after they've gone through the motions, they've gone through the traditions, they've gone through the days, the Bible says they begin to return. And Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Just stayed behind. It didn't, didn't go with. And Joseph and Mary had no clue. They didn't know. They just thought he's with company. They'd gone a day's journey before they even noticed he was gone. thought he's with the relatives. Hey, Elizabeth, you seen Jesus? We haven't seen John. Have you seen Jesus? And when they couldn't find him, they turned back around to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. And it came to pass, verse number 46, that after three days, what comes after three? On the fourth day, they find him. Just like he said he was going to be. Never leave me. Never forsake me. I found him on the fourth day in the temple. Sitting in the middle of the doctor. Everybody's listening to him. Everybody's asking him questions. And everybody's astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were, they were amazed. And Jesus' mama comes up to him and said, Jesus! Why did you do this to us? Don't you know your father and I have been sorrowful? Don't you know we've been crying? Don't you see the tears that are staining our faces right now? Where were you, God? And I got the doctor's report. Where were you, God? The job never came. Don't you see the tears on my face? Don't you see the mourning I've gone through in my home? Don't you see the anguish that's in my soul because my kids aren't living for God? Don't you see everything? Where were you? Jesus looks at his mama said, Why were you even looking for me? Don't you know I've been doing what I've always done? I've just been about my father's business. And even when you couldn't see it, I was still working. And even when you couldn't feel me, I was still behind the scenes, working all things together for your good. Even when you couldn't find me, I was making ways in the wilderness. I was behind the scenes making rivers in the desert. I was making those ways for your kids to come back home. 
I was making ways for backsliders to come back that you never thought were going to come back. Because when I say something, it is set. And I came to give a word to somebody in this church tonight. Don't you start quitting now. Don't you backslide now. Don't you leave the church now because there is a fourth day that's coming. I feel this. I want you to lift your hands as high as you can towards heaven right now. And I want you to say, God, I, I need you a little bit more tonight than I've ever needed you before. I need you to increase my faith tonight. I may be hanging by a thread, but God, tonight, I'm choosing to believe that you're working all things together for my good. And when I can't find God, I've just got to remind myself he's still working. Will you lift your voice with those hands right now? And will you just begin to say, God, I need a little bit of increase in my faith tonight. Come on, I'm telling somebody, prayers that you've prayed for years. There is a fourth day coming. I don't know. I don't know what your need is. But I'm just here to remind somebody whose faith is hanging by a thread right now. Don't stop giving. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Come on, I feel faith right now. I wish somebody would step out of your seat on a Thursday night. And you would step into the aisle. And you would make your way to the front. And say, I believe it. I know he's working on my behalf. I know there is a miracle with my name on it. I know he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice right now. You can be delivered tonight. You can be set free tonight. You can be transformed in your mind tonight. You don't have to leave this place the same way that you can. You can leave changed. You can be lifted up. You can be changed. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, he's not stopping. He's not quitting. Come on, I feel it moving right now.
practice it, not practice it. If you need healing in your body tonight, I want you to come and stand along the front right now. If you have a physical need in your body, I want you to come stand along the front. I don't know what it is. If it's, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to ask what it is. All I know is the healer's in the house tonight, and he wants to do something in somebody's life. Come on, if you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your body, thank you for your faith. Thank you for your faith tonight. Amen, amen. I believe that God wants to do this right now. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, not because of anything that I'm going to say, but it's because of the power of the name of Jesus. And I believe that healing is going to sweep across this house tonight. And we are not going to leave here the same way that we came. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Thank you for coming to the front. If you need healing, God bless you. I want you to lift your hands across the house right now. And if you didn't come to the front, I want you to stretch your hands towards the ones up here in the front right now. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. And when I say in Jesus' name, I just want you to begin to say, I receive your healing, Lord, in my life. And I believe that I'm healed tonight. Come on, stretch your hands toward them right now. Right now, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, right now, we release healing into this house. Let healing flow from front to back, from side to side, and be healed from the top of your head to the sole of your feet right now. Let it flow. Let it happen. Let it take place in this house. In the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right now. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right now. Yeah. 
make a way out of no way. Now God, Jesus said, roll the stone away. He had them do what they could do so that he could do what only he could do. He's not going to do for you what you can do yourself. So they did what they could. They rolled the stone away, and then the miraculous took place. He did what, what only he could do. Somebody say fourth day. Fourth day, fourth day, fourth day. He can show up on the scene. Everybody else can write it off. No hope, but with him there's always hope. And then the next thing, the next thing, okay, he told them what they could do to make way for the miracle. He performed the miracle and then told them to do what they could do. Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. There was responsibility that fell back upon the people, the body, to do what they could do. Why don't you right now, let's minister one to another before we close. Maybe somebody's standing close to you, somebody's standing next to you that you're comfortable with. Lay your hand upon their shoulder. Maybe join hands with them. Pray one with another right now that the Lord would just give strength, anointing, loose faith in our lives. Work a miracle, a fourth-day miracle in that life right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah. Touch the Lord for them right now, right now, right now. God, you know our needs before we ask. I pray your strength right now. I pray divine encouragement right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, open up our hearts, open up our understanding, God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, make a way where there seemeth to be no way in their life. Give them strength right now. Give them strength right now. Hallelujah. Anointing, fresh anointing, fresh touch of your spirit. Fresh anointing, fresh touch of your spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, take your time. Take your time. Just a little bit farther. Just a little bit further. Hallelujah. We believe, God. We believe, God. We believe, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch right now. Touch right now. Strengthen right now. Minister right now, God. Do what only you can do, Lord. You encourage. You strengthen. You open up their heart. You bring understanding. God, you lift up faith right now. Loose it into their heart, into their life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Could you turn your prayer and the praise right now just lift up your voice lift up your voice hallelujah 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 not like you lord not like you lord hallelujah hallelujah god i give you praise i believe lord i believe lord i believe god nothing is impossible to him that that believe if you are in the right place tonight turn to your neighbor let them know you were in the right place tonight you made the right decision to come you made the right decision to make your way down to the house of the lord and worship him together with people of like precious faith hallelujah why don't you give a few people a high five right now give somebody a fist bump maybe hug somebody's neck tell somebody you're glad to see him tonight god's making a way god's making a way He's making a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fourth day. Fourth 
day he's going to show up. Fourth day, fourth day. Hallelujah. 9 a.m. as well as 11 a.m. this Sunday morning. Believe in God for great things. God's going to pour out his spirit just like he did tonight. He's going to do it again on Sunday morning. Bring somebody with you. Let both services be full in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you is our prayer. God bless you is our prayer. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, he'll make a way. My God will make a way. 